Welcome to Women in Business. We could not be happier to be able to introduce this podcast that will be brought to you every week with a fresh new episode. We will meet inspiring, goal-focused, creative and successful businesswomen from all around the world. And we will give you an insight in their success stories. They will share their best advice to succeed and to overcome obstacles and mistakes. You will listen to powerful women with powerful voices. With this podcast, we want to empower the women of today. The women that makes a difference and the women that have each other's backs. This is Women in Business. Hello, beautiful business people, and welcome to episode number four of Women in Business podcast. We are so happy to be back with another fresh episode for all of you. Exactly. And you know what I really love about our podcast is that we release a new episode on every Monday. So it really gives you a great kick to start of the week with an inspiration to take on new challenges that this week might bring to you. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all need that extra push on Mondays to set the standard for the rest of the week. We would also like to thank all of you who are listening to our podcast and giving us the fantastic feedback. We are having so much fun recording these episodes and meeting all of these fantastic businesswomen. So we're so happy that you're enjoying them as much as we are recording them. Last week's episode was a Swedish one, so for those of you who might be listening for the first time today, we can mention again that this is a podcast that we will have both in English and in Swedish, but we do keep the majority of our episodes in English to make it more convenient for everybody. So let's jump into today's episode. We have a very exciting and interesting guest for you. Today we will talk about the cultural business difference between Europe and China. And this woman is described as the bridge between Europe and China and is an expert within both markets. She deals on a daily basis with large companies that want to merge into the Chinese market or vice versa. Today she's here to talk more about the work that she does, share her knowledge and expertise, and also talk about her self-started business in Ofusion. So please let us welcome today's woman in business, Jing Shen. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to Women in Business. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here and uh, to contribute to your podcast. Hopefully, um, help you to continue your your long journey ahead. Thank you. So you describes as a bridge between Europe and China. Tell us more about that. From business point of view, you can see uh, Europe here that you have a, a lot of a great technology, talents, great products here. Uh, this side of shore, and you can see other side of shore in China. Um, you know, massive market over there. Uh, massive uh, demands. Two side of shores has something to offer, but they needed to cross that shore to reach each other. 
Um, so the, the bridge is a bridge between those two shores. So to, to be able to uh, let the people over there access benefits from the product and also let's have this kind of cultural fusion as well. Um, the same thing with over there, this bridge hopefully help uh, uh, Chinese, uh, for example, as, as you all know, Chinese develop so quickly, they are the, in terms of uh, the uh, uh, market, they are the second largest in, in, in the world and economy as well. Um, so they have a lot of uh, uh, investors, a lot of funds, they have the ambition um, to go very quickly to uh, uh, speed up the innovation, you know, and stuff like that. So, so you know, hopefully this bridge helps them to connect with the uh, what we have here in in uh, in Europe um, to satisfy uh, their needs. So that's kind of a bridge we are looking at. Mm. It is the the you know the the fusion of both side worlds. Well, it sounds so interesting, and you are, to say the least, an expert both within the Chinese market as well as the European one, which of course is two very different markets to work with. So what are some of the biggest differences within how you do business for the two different markets? Yeah, it's it's actually tremendously interesting. One is culture, you know, business culture, and also just a culture itself. It's a very different history, everything. So that it's underlying how people do business and how the also uh, consumers' behaviors, etc. And another thing I think uh, we have been experiencing uh, in Europe or or in China as well, the the influence of the government. Here's the difference. Uh, in Europe, government doesn't really involve that much. You know, they, they have this laissez-faire kind of thing. Um, it's a it's private sector and, and uh, government give mostly policy and a supporting uh, kind of role. But in, in China, it's different. The government plays a huge, huge role um, in the business. Um, for example, not only the policy, but they, they back up the, the finance as well. If, say, um, some Chinese companies are coming out to, you know, uh, acquisition and emerge, um, and uh, then it's, it's indispensable having finance backing from the government, not only from the banks. And um, I think that's a huge difference, and that... Um, not maybe small and, and medium companies uh, doesn't affect that much, but for the big companies and and I think for uh, in general in Europe we needed to be uh, aware of of that when we do business. So that's the second. Third, of course, the size is different. Um, <laughs> that's without saying. Uh, if you get into Chinese market, then you get access to the billion people. Um, and um, in a way, even though there's different provinces, but uh, in a lot of ways, uh, consumer behaviors um, are very uh, similar. European, however, um, consumer uh, behaviors in different countries are still um, quite different. Um, so I think basically in those three aspects, the size, uh, the, the roles of government and the, uh, of the culture itself, so our bridging function is uh, to, to manage those things. So please tell us a little bit about your company, InnoFusion. Yeah, uh, the name InnoFusion is a combination of two words, innovation. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, we're looking at it. We do business with innovations. 
um, and uh, fusion. Fusion is, you know, the fusion of, of Euro Europe and, and China, mm -hmm. and uh, also fusions of innovations uh, of different, uh, different uh, fields. Um, so so um, that's the kind of very um, uh, a value kind of thing. But then um, this company, when I build this, uh, start up this company, is to aim is to do the bridging, like we said earlier, but with very uh, specific area um, in the life science and health area. Since uh, that area is, um, unlike the other areas, it's very specific. It has much higher uh, barriers to go into China, for example, uh, the regulation. Um, and uh, European companies are uh, familiar with the US FDA uh, or uh, in EU uh, CE kind of a certification. And in China, it's a CFDA. Um, it's very different. Um, so for the life science company to go in, um, usually it's a, it's a long um, it, it's a long process, a few years of process, and uh, you got to know the government regulations, you got to pick the right partners. Um, so I was lucky, um, you know, I met uh, all the right contact in China and uh, can help companies here to get into uh, Chinese market and to go through the CFDA or whatever required more smoothly. So that's how uh, I started and picked up this area. But now we've expanded InnoFusion to include uh, uh, ICT areas. Since my background, I have AI PhD almost 20 years ago. My God, it sounds like so ancient. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so so I uh, we expanded to the ICT. Actually, we... I'm a co-founder of uh, AI Hub we're going to launch next month. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, also we um, expanded to the um, uh, to the gaming area. Uh, you know, you probably all, I don't know if you play the, you know, Minecraft, the Candy Crush, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was so addicted to it. <laughs> Candy Crush is very addictive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I have a great, great team. Um, so um, I, we work together. Uh, expanding in that area, working with now Nordic companies. We have a great talents here, wonderful companies, uh, for example, like, you know, THQ Nordic, just a wonderful company to work with. And then I'm lucky again, I've got the contacts in China, uh, for example, the largest uh, um, uh, PC gaming companies. They have more than 80% of Chinese companies, uh, Chinese market. So it's, it's just, wow. uh, you know, just lucky. So how does the process look like from when a company is contacting you from Europe, let's say, and they want advice on how to merge into the Chinese market? So what, what kind of tools do you use? Yeah, it's, for us, it's, it's a straightforward. Um, companies come to us. First of all, we, we look at it, we evaluate. Yeah, first of all, look at the technology product, uh, whether or not uh, there's um, opportunity in Chinese market. Um, uh, but regardless, uh, you know, has or has not, we uh, we um, evaluate and help as much as we can. Um, the European company uh, give them feedback and provide a few uh, options to move forward. 
Uh, for the ones we believe that uh, it has a potential and uh, the partners in our network are, you know, are, are interested in further on, then we move to the next step and uh, we, we go deeper um, to evaluate and test on the uh, technologies or products. Um, I can use the examples from the life science. Um, if for the uh, new drug discoveries, most of the times um, it's the um, Chinese partner uh, licensing uh, the drug. So um, depends on the you know the clinical trial data. That was that's uh, much more straightforward. Depending on the clinical trial data, um, it's clearly indicate whether or not it has a competitive edge in uh, in Chinese market. Um, or um, uh, uh, the the devices devices is is less straightforward in terms of data. Um, it's uh, uh, Europe doing things differently than than China and and the U.S. So that's a little bit more complex uh, 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 evaluation and um, but similar anyway. Second, uh, so we have a second phase. Um, then uh, you know it depends on it's the. Uh, Oh, uh, I forgot to mention in the um, uh, the new drug discovery. There's other ways also that now more and more um, is by um, Chinese companies um, investing in the project, um, particularly for for the early development project. You know, phase one. Uh, usually, it takes you know a phase three and then commercialization take ten years. Um, so, so uh, the, another way of of ones is is uh, investment in the uh, in here. So after evaluation, if there's you know clearly um, the 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 project has a potential, um, then we move to the next with uh, one uh, uh, selected partners in, in China. Uh, in China, we have uh, we we work mostly with big companies. Um, because those companies has, uh, um, we start with big companies. Those companies has uh, um, has budget and has network to implement either market or or invest here. For some projects, is you know it's maybe uh, with uh, uh, smaller teams and, and jointly develop a project. Um, so so uh, so that's the second phase we we identify narrow down and um, with one uh, potential partners and and we move ahead and the third phase once is the second phase evaluation due diligence everything is okay third phase is you know sign off go ahead so it's really straightforward um, the process itself and our role in in there is it's really uh, mitigating um, the entire process. Since uh, you know, during my Motorola years, we had already. I I was working in Australia. You have a you know very different uh, uh, cultures. China inside China. Just saying one thing here, it means different things in China. <laughs> so so we are we are you know when you discuss the more complex projects. Uh, we are mitigating the the communication flow. Make sure uh, both sides understand the right thing. Uh, we've seen uh, every project we help. We've we we've seen misunderstandings. You know this happening. So without our involvement, those projects wouldn't be able to move ahead. 
Um, so, so we're mitigating that, and we also, in certain in cases, we help uh, um, to close the deal um, uh, for for either Chinese or European uh, companies. Um, so, so that's our our role, mitigating, really a bridging bridging and a fusion role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there some businesses within a certain field that you? I think it's easier to get into the Chinese market that's maybe popular, more popular in the Chinese market, or is it quite the same? I would say it's different. Um, in, the, um, in the medical and life science, you have uh, much higher barriers to take a longer time. But when you get in, um, the benefits, it's, it's great. Since the barrier high, you probably have less competitors if your technology really good. Now, if, for example, the consumer product, like fashion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Natalie is in the fashion, <laughs> exactly. um, that's probably easy to get in, but it's the same thing. You know, you have the other side of a coin, yeah, mm-hmm. then you have a lot of competitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you are definitely a very good example of what we call an entrepreneur. And what does the word entrepreneur mean for you? Um, oh, it's simple. For me, entrepreneur is that I can drive my own car. You know, I'm in the driver's seat. I can drive wherever I find it has the most impact. Mm. <laughs> That's an entrepreneur for me. Um, since I, I used to work for the large companies, Motorola, Nortel Networks, you know, those, those it's like you are uh, tag along in the big, big lemon thing. You are part of the, you know, person sitting in the back seat and you never know when they're going to stop the car open the door say oh here you go you go off the car (laughs) 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 right right so being entrepreneur is really have taking a control on 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 the uh, on the destiny you know i i I love to make decisions myself Uh, but I think most importantly for me is um, is to be able to really dedicate my uh, energy, my you know this limited lifetime to something I believe in. I think that's the most important yeah. thing for me. And I think a lot of people today have thoughts and dreams about starting up their own company, but they might feel intimidated by the obstacles on the way. So what have been your biggest challenge and how did you overcome um, it? For me, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. Um, as you can see, you know, I used to work for big companies and, and used to manage uh, labs, technology. I work with the CTO organization. So I used to have, you know, big vision um, without worrying sales. And, and I have, you know, given nice budget instead of I have to earn the budget. And now being an entrepreneur, you really have to earn, you know, you to, to do everything. So it's it's for me, it's a big paradigm shift in the in the as an entrepreneur, you got to to be able to zoom in and do one thing very very well and and make sure the cash flow is okay. So so the sales is extremely important, and I'm lucky. I I'm I'm always lucky. <laughs> um, I had this great mentor, uh, Magnus Malanda, I, um, my dear Swedish friend here. Um, he actually mentored uh, me when I started, um, uh, uh, you know, this entrepreneur journey. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm lucky, and I think for whoever wanted to, if that's their first uh, entrepreneurship or something, I strongly suggest to find a good entrepreneur that who has uh, experience in starting up. 
uh, not to just any uh, uh, one has experience in big company, but really good um, uh, mentors who has experience. Um, I think a mentor will help you a lot. And, and also um, for those who are originally from researcher background or something, uh, I tended to look down at sales roles. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, sales is the most important when you start up. That's where the, the cash flow is. Yeah, so Definitely. sales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you probably know you. <laughs> you've yeah. done that. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that would be my, uh, my take on this. And what, what has been the most exciting part about starting your own business? Uh, most exciting part um, is, uh, I, I would say, you know, it's like uh, uh, extending the, the horizon uh, that's because it's my, um, you know, it's my own business. I, I mean, in particular, also, I my business, the first uh, uh, entrepreneurship that I took on, uh, it's building a line called Hide. At the time, we we want we have a slogan, uh, no pink phone movement. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got uh, to meet uh, lots lots uh, uh, female leaders. Mm. Um, and uh, and my product was also in China in 400 uh, uh, Apple Premium uh, reseller stores and uh, in all the Nordic countries uh, in uh, Telia, whatever. So I got chance really to meet um, variety or large or diverse people. Wow. And that's that's for me is most exciting. That not I I mean you know sells a product, but it's it's great to in, to be inspired and in return to be able to touch other people's life. I think that's most exciting, touch people's life. And um, as you described, so when you work within this field that you do, connecting companies from different markets, it's extremely important that you have a very good communication. So is this something that you always come natural to you or did you do anything to train your communication skills? Um, I, I'm, I think I, I, for me, I'm always easy to make friends or something, but that's not enough. Um, that's not enough in the business world um, to bring up the really skills, efficiencies. You've got to learn a lot of tools. Um, as um, yeah, you got to, to know the systematic way. I I'm I was I was given a lot of training when I was in, in Motorola. I was leading a, a research lab, so I was given a lot of leadership trainings, um, looking at the you know communications and and uh, uh, looking at the people. People are all different, has different preferences in terms of you know communication channels. More visual, less visual, more auditory. Uh, introvert, extrovert, more uh, using the intuition to make decisions or whatever, you know, all those things. Um, so the, so the, that, that, those training gave me a really um, a systematic tools, a lot of systematic tools, and those are very important. So, so I, I think for me, in, in my case, or only uh, being natural, that's not, not enough. No. <laughs> and if you would... Yeah, yeah, and if you yeah. would give us your three best communication advices, what would they be? Um, I think uh, I would say it's important that uh, uh, you know uh, the person or the, 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 the site that you communication uh, communicate to, and you know your objective. Um, uh, most important thing that when you communicate, make sure 
the emotional monkeys in your mind they are quiet mm -hmm. okay so that's 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 very important particularly in business world um, it's, it's it's extremely important you don't because you don't communicate because you you are still under influence of anger or upset or too excited mm -hmm. um, that doesn't work in, in the business world <laughs> and how, how would you recommend to quiet those monkeys that you describe yeah I you got to be I guess as the awareness you know mindful with with uh, your own uh, emotional state Mm -hmm. um, that uh, that's not difficult if you you committed to to do that you know after a few um, I mean you use some kind of a meditation or being mindful and you actually will have that uh, uh, super calm monkey looking after the small jumpy monkeys and you know when those monkeys acting up and you can decide that you don't do anything uh, silly um, so there's a way to do it, and, and there's, it's a really feasible, cheap way to do that. <laughs> do some meditation, yeah. uh, mindfulness. Um, yeah, and I think uh, also I think a, a very important thing in the business in long term is that when you communicate, and make sure that you actually genuine in mm -hmm. the, you know, in the communication. Um, yeah. If you otherwise sooner or later, you know, it comes out if it's you yeah, know not sure. a genuine. So, so I think it's important. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And something that goes hand in hand with good communication is networking. So when you network, obviously you only have seconds to make a very good first impressions. So do you have any good tips for us that wants to get better at networking? Um, I think networking is, uh, you know, uh, if it's only second, I, sometimes it's, you know, the visual speaks volumes, the visual that people mm. will have that impression, you know, in their mind, in their mind and stay there for a long time. So um, even without any words in those uh, few seconds that if you have that uh, uh, open uh, posture um, and um, confident positive posture with good eye contact um, you know since you have only a few seconds and you can make a really good uh, good impression for the for the for the following up communications um, and also when you go to the the meetings yeah ask for business cards that's actually a, 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 a cheaper trick but it works so well nowadays you ask for for you know LinkedIn, LinkedIn click on it or in China you ask a hey, WeChat even a couple of seconds you just you know use very uh, the the scanning of a, a 2d code and you know you scan all the ones you know everyone take a few seconds then you scan the, you know a, a dozen or, or closer you know 20 30 and then you come back and then you do the follow-up communication but I think that the, the poster, you know, those are first, if it's only visual, you have, yeah, that can get you a long way. Yeah. And we usually ask our, our guests what success means to them and how they measure it. Because uh, it's very interesting. The answer has been so different. And what is your take on this question? What does success mean to you? I, I love your question. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that different people have, will have different answers. Even for me, at a different phase of my career, has different answers. And now I think I'm much wiser. So, so my answer is uh, my success um, is I would ask myself um, how many people's life 
that I directly or indirectly touched in a positive way, and how much impact, positive impact that I have done directly or indirectly to the society and the environment. And after all the victory, do I still have my own sanity? Those are, you know, criteria of my success. So after many years, you know, going zigzag and 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 searching, you know, the meaning of life. <laughs> this is this is my success measure, and because of this, I decided that you know I will have this bridging. So through the bridging, um, you know, if I, like in in a few cases, we um, helped the big uh, companies and and their products reach to millions, millions, you know, um, and that that is amplifying the, the the you know the the whatever you know I helped a little bit. Um, uh, versus if I continue to try to build my unicorn company, you know, I think this way. Uh, it's much a uh, effective way for me um, to get my own success, and even without my name and the product or whatever, that's that's not uh, that's not uh, important for me. And if we would go back to when you were younger, would you say that your way of looking at success has changed during uh, the time? Yeah, I changed it tremendously. I would say changed. Uh, what what did you think success days. was when you were young? Uh, when I was when I was young, um, I, I was uh, very ambitious. Um, I think you know, being a Chinese and and. Um, uh, in Chinese world, I don't know how much you know, um, but it's traditional world is we are very practical kind of a culture, mm-hmm. and we think uh, being success is something tangible, measure measurable, being top of something. Mm-hmm. So when when I was little, I said, well, you know, I I wanted to be um, as successful as uh, as you know at the time. I remember was you know we have this. Uh, uh, Newton, who 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 you know, they're, they're very famous for for the uh, physical uh, contribution with those. How do you say the laws of uh, gravity? Something. Mm-hmm. I said one day I want to be like that. So my name stayed there forever. You yeah. know <laughs> that was important for me. But no, no. So so uh, or, or I said okay. I, you know I want to be um, uh, top of something. So yeah. so it was very ambitious. In the history and, book, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the history book, and and mm-hmm. you know, and and and, and uh, so it's it's more the external things, those kind of things. I'm looking at it now. I, I yeah, now it's different mm-hmm. after yeah gaining some wisdom. The more experience, yeah. <laughs> your vision of how to measure the success changed, of course, a lot throughout the years. Um, and something um, that is very important for both me and Natalie is to always promote for people to get out of their comfort zone, travel the world and meet new people. Therefore, uh, that was one of the reasons that we both decided to study abroad in Barcelona. And you have also a very long experience with that as well. You studied in both Australia and Canada, and you have a huge amount of experience dealing with companies from different cultural backgrounds. So how would you say that this have developed and shaped you as a person, both professionally and personally? Basically shaped how I do things now, how I think. Um, From um, a personal level is that, you know... um, I I think first of all it's it's you know I I 
I tend, every country I leave, I tend to make as many friends as possible from local, from the country that I live there, and take as much as the time to get to, to suck in the, the culture. Um, and uh, so, so um, or, you know, looking at uh, ha having exposure, uh, not only exposure, really get to know intimately different culture, uh, that broaden my perspective. Um, um, you know, personally, that of course has an impact on my professionally as well. Um, a, not all, only the cultures, but then you look at the business cases, it's much easier for me to, to gain the insights. Um, and doing business, it's important to, to create as a network. So I, you know, thanks to my experience, I have an international network. Um, that's very good for me to do. Uh, to do business, not only Sweden, but really look at Europe, um, and not only Europe. Sometimes I work with uh, with uh, U.S., uh, Canada, um, and so so professionally, it's, it's very helpful. Um, I think I'm less judgmental um, because um, I've, you know, in touch in different uh, uh, the um, culture. Uh, having lived, uh, grew up in China, lived in France, Canada, Australia, and now here in Sweden. Um, for me, um, you know, the color doesn't mean much. Um, the color of the skin, or where they're from, um, I, I'm much less less judgmental on that. Um, I'm, you know, I, I have all kind of a friends, and, and in business, it's easy for me to deal with, uh, yeah, all kind of a, a different background. Of a business, um, so it has a, it has a huge impact, and I would suggest I would giving you know I would share my experience that if you live overseas, really, uh, I think it it, it will um, benefits a lot to to take time uh, get uh, integrate in a way you know one way or other with the with the local culture, and that's why live there right <laughs> yeah. not only in the in the bubbles uh, dealing with all the expatriate or or students i think that's important um yes yeah, so like you know when i was in canada um i i i spent a lot of time i was i mean even in, in studies it you know making a lot of uh, local friends including uh, peoples uh, from party quebecois you know at the time they they were trying to separate uh, quebec from the rest Mm -hmm. You know, I, I but uh, for me, um, it's okay. It's okay for me. It's good to to know all different people uh, with different uh, uh, you know political opinions or you know so so um, that I think it built me up to be more open. Mm. Mm. I love that idea to when you come to a new country to just make as much friends as possible with the local people because also they are the ones that are. Eventually, if you want to um, do some business in the in that country as well, they are the ones that I think are the absolutely. most important people to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, a lot of friends I made in Australia or or, or Canada or you or, or France, they having their own companies or they are leading now good organized you know great organizations. We are also working in business wise. So it's mm -hmm. absolutely, it's it's uh, yeah. Studying overseas, living overseas is also part of building the network, both professionally and and uh, personal wise. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I loving 
yeah, living in 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 different countries. Mm-hmm. Having yeah, hope you two have fun. Yeah, <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. And at least we we want to ask you, what is a woman in business for you? Compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, compassion backed by uh, wisdom. Um, um, I mean, you know, look at the the business world now. I, I think it's, it's it's horrible. It's it's horrible in a way that we are so lack of compassion. We are so lack of compassion. Um, it's the the business as if it's separate from the you know, uh, the uh, the the earth we live. It's separate from the the society we live. It's a complete lack of compassion. And um, we women, we are equally competent in terms of business skills or anything else. However, we are much better in terms of, of, of compassion. That's we are natural. That's part of our natural. So I think it's time for us business women to be assertive with compassion and to bring in the compassion big time in the business world, it's our it's our time to do a a revolution of compassion, compassion backed by wisdom, not just you know silly compassion like crying over something for uselessly, but it's really good compassion backed with why you know, and um, I mean at the beginning of course when we women get into the business we want to be um, we compete with the blokes we want to be equally good so we emulate their a lot of their behaviors. But I think it's a time. Look at who we are, uh, and we uh, what, what you know the values we 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 represent. I think compassion is underplayed. Um, it has been underplayed. I think it's a time. Look, we already got ha- have this movement. Um, uh, Me too. I think the next next movement should be, um, you know, a hashtag compassion. Mm-hmm by businesswoman. That should be our revolution. That should be our movement. So that is business, you know, woman in business for me now. I think that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope for you yeah, you 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 can, you know, screw your podcast or, or you know, you can um, make it um a, a really significant, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yeah, and and you 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 are very young, and I uh, I can already see with uh, having this podcast, uh, you you already get onto to the uh, so advanced track. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I hope uh, you could be you know uh, lit up the torch. We hope so Yeah, yeah. So uh, and uh, I will be in the in the among the crowds and support you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much thank and thank you. you for for coming and thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to talk to you. us next week you'll find us at our instagram page women in business podcast where you can like comment and share our post and please feel free to ask questions both through our instagram and email that you will find on our instagram page we will be super happy to hear from you 
and if you have any suggestions as well of guests that you would like to hear on the show. Now, until next week, we wish a fantastic week to all of you. 